Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I, of course, am your co-host, Kyle. Opposite me today, as he is every week, is your co-host, Michael. He's enjoying a little bit of, uh, of white wine on a Thursday afternoon. I hear that it is organic, and I hear that it is Italian. That's near the top of the white wine pyramid. Uh, so good congratulations to you, Michael. And congratulations to you, listeners, for providing us again with another fantastic best of a year album list. That's what we're doing today. Mike and I both know the topic. Nothing else has changed, though. We will discuss the list. Mike has put this one together. I guess we'll vigorously debate. By the end of this episode, one way or another, we will have arrived at a definitive top 10. Without further ado, Michael, let's get into what is going to become one of my very favorite podcasts of the year, because this is gold. Well, my lovely co-host, Kyle, I want to first uh, give a shout out to the the makers of this wine. They are not sponsoring us. We're not getting paid. It's the Merumalia uh, Winery, uh, just outside of Roma. Went there with my family last year on a trip. Uh, they had this dog. I think it was Hercule. I think it was its name. I want to say it was some it was some mythical hero uh and the dog loved me but it was one of those gigantic dogs that has no idea its own strength and it beat the crap out of me and it probably would have accidentally eaten me i also just want to note that my entire family across the entire spectrum of ages and genders fell in love with the proprietress of the place uh this beautiful young woman who had inherited the winery from her family she was something. Every single one of us was in love with this lady. Um, whew, that was a great trip. It's a great time. And I'm every sip of this wine is reminding me of that trip. <sighs> That's the pleasure of a good a bottle of wine that you bring home. We recently popped one open from our trip last summer to uh, the American West, and it brought back fond memories of that trip. So It's really lovely. It's a memory in a bottle. Um, so my friend, you mentioned the uh, topic of today's podcast. That is true. We both know what the topic is. We have both gotten a really enormous number of suggestions from our friends here, including, and I just want to specifically shout out our friend Sarah for a really prolific effort here in sending us a lot of artists she was listening to. <laughs> Tons of great music. I gotta say, I overwhelmingly enjoyed the music from this year, um, <clears throat> there were a few artists who I thought were a little bit blah, but nobody who I disliked and several that I really enjoyed and was happy to discover either the artist altogether or um, the quality of this particular album from an artist who I had sort of written off. So huge success, really enjoyed it. I am driving the list this year, but we both have, have taken a deep dive on the music. Yeah, this is definitely a bigger list than last year. Like I spent much more time this year doing homework for this one partially the reason that we're we're doing this so late in the year is just the, the amount it, of music. yeah it, it is now april middle of april yeah. so uh yeah i agree i don't think there's a single album on here like even the one i have ranked last i still like enjoyed listening to it it just wasn't you know that, there are a lot yeah you gotta rank them in some order totally so Kudos to our our listenership, especially Amen. Sarah, who suggested a lot of music. especially Sarah. So I think I think it sounds like we're on the same page here. Basically, what I think we'll do 
is a, a ranking. So we'll do our top 10, and then for honorables, we can actually just keep ranking. There's no bottom. There's no not tops. It's actually going to be a, a probably a, a record here. Another week of no not tops. Yeah. But we'll Sorry, just... Still we'll play just, the music, Kev. Fine. Yeah, yeah we'll just kind of keep popping through the list. We'll obviously do the, the ones that fall outside the top 10 quickly, but I think if that works for you, I think that's how we should tackle it. I agree with you. All right, so we'll we'll start at 10, but then once we get to our, our honorables, we'll just kind of pop through those in order. Yeah. Okay. So what I did, uh, I noted my favorite song from a particular album, which I think is what we did last time. Uh, I think it'll be a free-flowing conversation, but... I'm ready if you are, dog. Hit it. All right. Hit it, Michael. So number 10, I was actually pretty surprised to rank this album this low. So number 10 was Heard It in a Past Life by Maggie Rogers. So this was suggested to us by my fiancé, Caroline, as well as the uh, minister, presider, celebrant, whatever, of my wedding, uh, my friend Brendan. Uh <laughs> The key song here, my favorite song, the song that I thought most um, captured the magic of the album was the song Burning. So that was my ranking. I will, I will can dive into it a little bit more, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, on this ranking. This, this album for me, and it, it's important to note that like over the last week or so, I've been list- I did the majority of the listening for this list in the last like week or so. So I listened to a lot of music. And I didn't necessarily go back to a lot of these. Like most of these I probably listened to just once. And this, Maggie Rogers, I think probably fell victim for me to a little bit of sequencing because I was listening to a lot of female artists, solo female artists um, in the same vein. And I'm, I fear that Maggie may have gotten lost in the shuffle a bit for me. I don't have strong feelings for this album one way or the other. I have really strong feelings for the album. Which is that I listen to it and I'm hugely disappointed in the artist because I think Maggie Rogers is an enormous talent both as a songwriter and as a performer. I think she's got a terrific voice. I think she's just interesting musically and I think she's a very good writer. What I found really disappointing is that I think, and this was reflected in reviews, so this isn't a totally original thought, but very overproduced. I thought that the album had way more layers to it than it needed because i think her voice and her instruments can carry the heft of the album and the other thing is i think there was far too much stevie nicks impersonation which i found like overbearing at times there was one song i'm forgetting which one but that i heard and i was like that's literally just a stevie nicks ripoff and it was disappointing because i think maggie rogers has way more than than what she showed on this album that's interesting because i I've never listened to her before, so I don't have that context. But yeah. that critique is one I would use for several other albums on this list, whose artist I am familiar with, and I thought a couple of albums this year were slightly overproduced. So that's interesting context. I'm, so, so this, I'm glad that you, you mentioned this, because I'm now probably going to have to go back and listen to more Maggie Rogers. Yeah, I think, I think you do. Uh, Caroline has seen her live, has been a huge fan from the beginning, um, is a huge believer in Maggie Rogers. And I think I am too. I, I'm really a believer in her talent. I just think that this album was, I don't know. I just, I, it feels a little bit like the alley sequence from uh, 
uh, Star is Born, where she kind of sells out a little bit. But I think I think she'll have the redemptive arc because I think she's too big of a talent. And I don't know if you know this about her, but there was a whole big thing where she was a, and I'm gonna butcher the details. She was a student at NYU, I think, and she did her like her thesis or her final project was one of her songs and uh i think it was pharrell heard it and was like she's huge and she just became huge and so i think she suffered a little bit from being a little too charmed and i think i think a little rejection will serve her because she's she's a huge talent eagerly anticipating more from you maggie yes big time all right are you ready for the next one hit me all right so next one is a fantastic album from an artist who I had totally written off. Uh, this one is Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Had my <laughs> engagement with Ariana Grande to this point is that she's just kind of a joke. And this one was suggested to us by our friend Sarah. The The song that I noted as the, the most important song from this album is the title track, Thank You Next. This is where this album is what made me realize Ariana Grande is actually a star. Like, I thought she was just kind of a famous name who who became was she Nickelodeon I think, um, who was sort of a Nickelodeon kid star. But she's she's a legit star. This was a fantastic album, and I think really showed a depth, which is understandable given that she lost uh, her her ex boyfriend Mac Miller um, to an overdose. Like it was it was just a big evolution for her, and I really enjoyed the album. Yeah, I I don't know I I enjoyed the parts of it that I recognized and there's a lot of it like I know a lot of these songs I don't know I maybe you needed to listen to it with a more careful ear I didn't take <laughs> very much out of it other than the surface level kind of fast kind of entertaining music yeah um I did not have this in my top 10 this also isn't really my style of music so it it, it tracks well, what was interesting about this list was there was more kind of poppy music than I expected from our friends and more high quality yeah. pop than I thought existed. I guess I just didn't know there was this much good pop music out there because there's a lot of crap pop I'm, music out there. I I'm probably a little biased in that in that way, and that I I just typically stay away from pop music. Yeah. I will say I was surprised a number of times on this list with albums that I anticipated not liking very much, yeah. and then realized that I did quite a bit. I wouldn't put this album in that in that tier for me yeah um you know what actually would be interesting i don't know if you want to do this but i would i would love to hear where you ranked things as we go through so do you want to tell us where you ranked maggie rogers album and then where you ranked ariana grande's album i had ariana grande and maggie rogers right next to each other um unfortunately <laughs> in the next to last two spots on my list damn so 19 and 20 uh yeah which one was 19 which one was well, 20 well, wait, hold on. Let me move these. I don't have them. I don't have them numbered after uh, 10. So let me rearrange here and figure out where exactly these are. All right. Well, we get the idea. What we can report back to us. Um, these are 21 and 20 for me. All right. So that's the last two, I think, because I only have 21 on my well, list. I've got I've got one more album than you. Somehow. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll figure that out as we go. Um all right, right, so number eight for me. So this one was one of the ones I enjoyed the most. Like this probably was one of my top in terms of enjoyment, but it had two things going against it. One is it was only four songs 
And two is that I'm actually not sure it's actually eligible because I think this album is really from 2020. It's like a little bit of a funky one. But number eight is Texas Sun by Leon Bridges. Okay, I have Texas Sun written here in red because I have it at number 11. Yeah. Because I wanted to talk about its technicality. Because if it's if we're counting this, it's more of an EP. Yeah. If if we're counting this, this is like number one. For right. Me. So, that's, so that's so that's I compromised by putting it at number eight because I don't think it should be on the list at all. But if it is, it would right. be higher. <laughs> but I just decided, yeah, whatever. Oh my I god, like, throw it off. Let's put it at number eight. So tell tell us about it. And and I'll just note quickly, Texas Sun is is the representative song. Texas Sun is that song specifically yeah. might be my favorite song of any of the albums we listen to. But I think I, is, I think I agree. Oh my god, it's amazing! It's like it's like the Eagles. Like it, to me, it reminds me a lot of the Eagles. It's oh my like god, you're cool, so right. That little baby. Texas Sun. Oh, it you're is, so right. That's like an Eagles song. It, it's an eagle. It could vary. It's like an Eagles or a Jackson Brown. Now, song. luckily, it's so fucking. You good. don't hate the fucking Eagles, <laughs> I man. I don't hate. If you hate the fucking Eagles, you're probably gonna hate Leon Bridges. Yeah. If your last um, name is Lebowski, you probably don't like this. His. I wouldn't say everything he does is um so strictly uh similar to the Eagles, yeah. but there's a lot borrowed from there mm-hmm. and. This is one of the artists that after I listened to this album, I just kept listening to his stuff. So I've I've heard quite a bit yeah. of his. He's a terrific artist. A good friend of mine from work, Kevin, had recommended Leon Bridges like four years ago. And I hadn't heard of him when he recommended him. And I've really enjoyed his music the last few years. I'm anticipating um, continuing my deep dive on Leon Bridges. So thank you, Quinn, for recommending Texas Sun. Yeah, great. Quinn wow. and I, Quinn is really... He and I get each other. He knows what's up. He does know what's up. Yeah. So this, so this album, I think we're totally in agreement. It's like it probably shouldn't be on this list for for a couple of reasons, but it's so good that I I think it it would be foolish not to mention it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh. So that brings us traditionally to a not top. So we're gonna cue some music and then we're gonna not do the not top. Kev, slide us right into the top half of our list. Fantastic, Kevin. Stankalicious. Thanks, Kevin. We're going to ignore the fact that you just played it, but thank you. We appreciate it. Have a glass of the (laughs) Metomalia on me. Yeah, and take the rest of the night off, Kevin. Yeah, you're good. Um, All right, so number seven was a a suggestion from beloved brother-in-law of the pod, Ian. This was an album I had no expectation of enjoying at all um, because it just sounded awful. Like, on paper, it sounded (laughs) truly awful. When I saw the artist name, I assumed it was going to be like last year where Ian was suggesting some, oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, Caroline is pretending to walk down a set of stairs just outside the room where I'm podcasting, but she doesn't understand that you have to have like a couch in front of you. So she's really just sort of crouching down slowly. And her legs are entirely visible. Everything is entirely visible and she really thinks it looks good. She's laughing her ass off. Oh, she's doing it again. Yeah, she's giving you a thumbs wow. up. Wow, that was really bad. Um, okay, so so I assumed Ian was going to be sending more great rap music like he had last year. I hit yeah. I hit that stanky beat, and I was like, what the hell is this? This isn't logic. This is not logic 
It was great. My favorite song of this album, and the one that I think was most representative, was the song Birthday Party. Uh, but this was yes. Neo Theater by AJR. Just a, like, weird... Was it Australian? It's like a bunch of brothers playing pop music, and it was great. It's like exactly what would happen... <laughs> Like, if you and two brothers decided to make a band, you're like, well, we'll just call it, like, AJR, because yeah. my name's Andrew, and your name's Jimmy, and your name's Roland. Yeah. Like, that's not their names, but it is it their might first as well names. Be. Um, I had a different experience coming into it. I thought AJR was... I, I don't know why I thought this. I thought that that was, like, a K-pop band. Um, that sounds like a K-pop band, doesn't it? So I turned it on, ready for K-pop. And <laughs> you and I had totally different experiences. Yeah. <laughs> But the same reaction, yes. like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I I agree. Birthday Party was the my favorite song. But there's some really, I think my biggest takeaway from this album is that these kids are just very creative totally. writers. Like, the structures of their song yeah. are very unique. Like, Birthday Party is about, it's sung from the perspective of an infant. Yeah. On his birthday. It's, like it's like birthday. if that song, 100 Years, was good. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a couple of other cool songs. There's one called Wow, I'm Not Crazy. And yeah. another one called Dear Winter, in which the songwriter is addressing his unborn daughter. And not unborn as in, like, like in utero. Yeah. Like, unborn as in, like, Doesn't exist. I still need to meet your mom. It's like a glimmer in his a, eye. Yeah. Really nice. It uh, reminded me very strongly of high school. Like, a lot of the... Um, yeah. A lot of the themes and sentiments from this album are very uh, adolescent. But to your to say point, that the- really creatively done. Like, I, it's funny. You and I yeah. were just talking about books that might be interesting for our friends to read. And it was, uh, I, I think it's John Green who wrote The Fault in Our Stars, Looking for Alaska, um, a couple other books like that. He's a young adult writer. And the themes are exactly what you think. It's falling in love for the first time. It's feeling, uh, you know, not seen. It's angst blah 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 but he's a really creative interesting writer who writes really well and i think similarly the folks in ajr they're taking themes that are pretty familiar but they're doing it in ways like you said that are really creative and different and that's awesome like they're whatever they're they're like 16 years old what the hell else are they supposed to write about those are the things to write about and to do it as well as they are is awesome yeah to call this album adolescent is in no way uh negative that's as positive as i can be using that term yep i had this one at number nine for me yeah i really liked it so i think i think we had a similar reaction to this yeah um all right so that brings us to number six now this is from a band that i have known i should be listening to for a long time a band that sings one of my favorite songs in the history of mankind the reigns of castamere so number <laughs> number six is I Am Easy to Find by The National. And this was suggested to us by our dear friend of the pod, Julia, uh, who I carried into. Did I? She, she, was, she was on my back, right? Yeah. I carried her into our friend Dylan's wedding. I imagine that's probably how that went down. That is true. That's a true story. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. And my my song that I noted on this one is not in Kansas. That was certainly my favorite song on this album. Um, I feel a deep burning shame because Julia is probably the person whose musical taste I uh, respect the most. Like she just she just knows more about music than anyone I know, other than maybe than like Dylan. Like her and Dylan both know a lot about music. 
I, uh, and I know that like this band is extremely well regarded. And so I was ready to like really groove to it and get into it. And, um, I don't know. I, there's, I think there was one song early on that kind of put me off. Like I just kind of hit me the wrong way. And I don't know if that tainted it. Um, I did, I wasn't in love with this album, which is surprising. No, where did you rank it? I had it at like 18. That surprises me. I, I don't know where I got this idea, but I had thought you were a national fan. They just I, I made that up. Dylan I, definitely. I think Dylan is that that I'm pretty sure of. I would be shocked if he wasn't. Caroline um, is for sure. I think Aaron really likes the national. Like everyone who yeah. whose music taste I really respect loves the national. Yeah. I, and this is another example of um, one that I'm just gonna have to continue listening. I really I will say I really enjoyed. Um, like the different things they did with because they've got a male and a female vocalist yeah. like they did a lot of creative stuff with that yeah um i just think that for me and this uh, the, listening to this album made me think of last year we listened to the new mumford album mm-hmm. and quinn said something along the lines of like this album fits perfectly into their discography but he didn't love the album itself and i wonder if this might fit in that same that's a really interesting concept because that because that was that's sort of my argument potentially for uh the arctic monkeys album the the tranquility base that like it depends on what it actually ends up meaning in their discography but if it's if you just chop her in and listen to that one album it's natural to be like what or this just isn't totally for me but if you're a if you're an uber fan and you have a sense of the ebbs and flows of the album, it, it can make a little more sense to you. Agreed. I'll also caveat, Ali just makes fun of me all the time. Like, I'm notorious for listening to an album I'm excited for, and my initial take almost always is, I'm a little disappointed. And then I listen to it like six more times, and by the end of a week, I fucking love it. This happens with like every Coldplay album. Um, so... <laughs> the, and the cat so the caveat is i only listen to each of these albums once if, if i my ch- opinions are likely to change that's such a funny I, it's such a funny thing because i find that i'm and not as much about music but just generally speaking i tend to go the opposite way i get i'm like totally blinded by how much i love something at first and then i'm like oh yeah like the dark knight rises is a great example if you asked me like nine hours after that movie i would have told you it was way better than the dark knight and then Years later, I'm like, that doesn't even hold a candle to the Dark Knight. I, I tend to go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that was number six. Number five, a band that I have heard of before. Like, I am aware of this band as being a very popular band. Don't think I've ever listened to them. Totally surprised in a very pleasant way. Number five is Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. As suggested by our boy Dill Pickles, and my favorite song off the album was Unbearably White. Interesting choice. Yeah. I like that song. Yeah. I, this album is probably the one on this list that I was most familiar with before we got into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've listened to this album many, many times this year. Many, many hamburgers. Um, yeah. Uh, I love a lot of songs on this album. My favorite is Married in a Gold Rush. Yeah, that was terrific, too. Um, I really like that one. But... This before this year, I hadn't listened to much Vampire Weekend, assuming that it was for like prepubescent girls, which is the um, exact opposite of what happened when we went to Arctic Monkeys. When we thought it was yes. like a hard rock and kick ass band, and then it was all 50 for guys girls. like us, yeah, like dudes like us yeah. with beards. 
For no. And wieners. It big, was not. Big old wieners. <laughs> it was Testosterone. It, it was not. Um, this album is wonderful. Uh, yeah. I had it at number three yeah. on my personal list. It is... I think it's great because it's so... Um, it's just, it's like, I don't know, like I, light. It, it, to me, that's like the word that comes to mind. It's very light and kind of... Uh, it's quick on its feet. And it's a lot of quick, like, chord progression, and um, I just love the way this guy's voice sound, and I don't know, it's it's a very good album, I highly recommend it. Yeah, totally agreed. It was, it was just, it was very different than I had thought it was going to be. I thought it was much more, like you said, light. Uh, the vampire is kind of a throw-off. Like, I just assumed this was going to be like a super emo band that I really wasn't going to like. And it was just, it was nothing at all like I expected. It's not emo, even though this, you would, you would think that. Yeah. Um, it's definitely farther on the indie side of that Venn diagram. Yes, absolutely. Um, but fantastic album. Really, really pleasantly surprised. So that brings us to number four. So number four is interesting because when I first saw the list, I assumed number four would be my number one. And then I realized that a lot of these songs that I love by this artist are actually not from this album. So mm. number four is by, and I'm going to continue to drag this out because this is by an artist who I didn't, I didn't know who she was. And Caroline and I have an ongoing joke that I kept being like, Caroline, who is this person? Like, I, who, uh, I don't, yeah. like, who is this person? And she's like, finally just played me the, this songwriter's hit song. And I was like, Oh, I like that. And then started listening to a bunch of it. And I was like, oh, I really like this artist. Uh, but a lot of the songs that I love are actually not from this album. So number four is When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? by Billie Eilish. Uh, and this was suggested to us by Caroline using our own account, uh, Top10KM on Instagram, and our friend Sarah. <laughs> and the song that I noted as being... Not the best, but the most emblematic of what was great about this album was the one that's just a bunch of exclamation points. Because it's literally <laughs> just Billie Eilish and her brother slash, you know, songwriting partner taking out their retainers and being like, all right, let's do an album. And All right, Invisalign's out. Yeah, and it's just like this weird, audacious thing for, for like a young kid to do. It's just such like a slap in your dick on the table move. And I think really it really captures the outsized confidence of Billie Eilish. She is awesome. This album was really good. Her other stuff I think is better, but this album was fantastic. I expected to be off-put and uncomfortable <laughs> yes. while listening to this album. Yep. And I was. Yes, she's like nine. However, <laughs> however... <laughs> I will say that probably contributed to my overall enjoyment of it. I had this at number uh, seven for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of like the bad guy type song. Yeah. The good news is that like the back half of this album is just nonstop, like incredible songwriting. It's absurd. She and her brother are um, fantastic songwriters. Yeah. Uh, the last, there's a couple songs towards the end of the album called listen before I go. And yeah. I love you, which mm -hmm. like, I was trying to do something else while listening to them, and I just had to put everything down yep. and just listen. Yep. I kept trying to get Caroline to skip songs when we were listening to her in the car, because I, like, four seconds, it was like, ugh. 
And then like five seconds, I was like, don't change that song. This is fantastic. And I have to listen. There's a song on here that has clips from um, Threat Level Midnight yes. in it. Yes, I. You know what I? When I was initially looking for my favorite song, I was trying to remember which one that was. I couldn't. I when I was putting the list, I couldn't remember which one. But yes, I remember that it was. Wasn't it the like the Andy part with the song like "Do the Scarn Threat Level Midnight"? Tie some. It was like the tie some yarn thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do the scarn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I I was pleasantly surprised by this album, and um. Did you know that she's doing the uh, Bond song? Have you for heard no Time it? To die. Yeah, it's, it's excellent. Like it's an excellent yeah. song, and I, I will say I've got a slight gripe that I don't think it quite touches on the the musical themes of the like the 1963 theme or 62 theme song quite enough. I think Skyfall did that so beautifully, like in a way that was probably never going to be touched again, but I love the song. Yeah. I, that specifically for some reason, like flipped the switch for me. And I was like, Billie Eilish seems to me is not a flash in the pan. Like this is legit. Absolutely. not. And this album Mm -hmm. reinforced that. Have you heard the song bellyache by her? I'm not. Yeah. So Bellyache is my favorite song by her. It's just like this weird drug dealing song that's just really good. It's really well written and it totally feels like it's outside of the rest of her body of work. Um, So just I highly recommend you continue to explore her music because this is not her best work and it's still excellent. I will be taking another look at it. Yeah. Um, That's for sure. Consider this a pro Eilish podcast. Very like surprisingly pro Eilish. Just did not think I would be a pro Eilish. I didn't know who she was. I was confused by her. Um, All right. So this would typically take us to the honorables. How do you want to do this? Should I do the honorables now or after? What do you think? Let's just finish and then we'll go through the honorables. Okay. And or maybe you finish and then we can talk about what made it into my top 10. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's a good move. Let's do that. That's the right way to do this. Um, all right. So number three, number three is one of the biggest albums of the year by one of the biggest breakout artists of the year. That's cause I love you by Lizzo. And the song was truth hurts. Holy fuck. (laughs) Truth hurts is probably the biggest song since I like waka waka by Shakira. Like, I don't know what, like, I don't know what song would be as big as Truth Hurts was. Baby, I Like It by Enrique Iglesias. Like, I can't remember, like, some random Pitbull stuff, like, Mr. 305. I don't, I don't know what would be as big as this song. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, that's a heavy hitter. I had on here, Um, I mean, like, obviously, um, Juice, like, everyone loves that song. My favorite song, though, is Tempo. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's a great song. I think that's probably my favorite song. But Truth Hurts, I had to put as, like, the the headliner because it's the biggest song of many years. But, yes, I actually agree. Tempo is my favorite, too. Thought this was going to fall into the same bucket as Ariana Grande for me. And, boy, did it not. Um, she really backed it up. I was a big fan of this album. Also, weirdly, Jerome is, like, one of my favorite songs off this album. Because it really shows off her range. Like, I don't know. that I found that song to be more impressive than a lot of the other ones. Like, she has the potential to go in basically any direction. 
because she can cross basically any genre line. So like if her next album is Adele, I won't be surprised. If her next album is um what should we call it? Uh, uh Nicki Minaj, I won't be surprised. If it's Jennifer Lopez, won't be surprised. Like she could really conceivably go any of those routes with her next album. And that's I think what's so exciting about her. And all three are equally as likely. Like I don't yeah. know where her where she goes, I feel like. Yep. Which is exciting. Really exciting. And really rare. Um, all right, so that was number three. Number two was uh, an album that I, I, it's funny, I forgot that Gary Clark Jr. existed, um, which was a foolish mistake because he's fantastic. And I knew, I had, I knew him before and liked him, but just like for some reason forgot he existed. Um, Quinn submitted This Land. And uh, this one, uh, he looks like Woody on the cover of the album, which was a little bit it, it's funny, <laughs> like a weird mood. I was like, is that Woody? Uh, and then so the, so this album, uh, the, the song that I noted was This Land. It's one of the best, angriest songs I've heard in a long time. And it was like it was like Rage Against the Machine and Bob Dylan combined. It was just this incredibly poetic pissed off song and i just i really i i just respect it i respect people who in their artistry are willing to express genuinely what they feel and if you did any research on this song there was there was some background to it where basically gary clark uh had a neighbor who basically told him he couldn't possibly own the house and the land that he owned and he was so angry he just wrote this song about it how being black in America, no matter how successful you are, like people just don't treat you the way you deserve to be treated and don't believe that your success is legitimate. And I just loved how pissed off this song was. He didn't pull any punches and this song was fucking awesome. And the whole album. No, and it's, well, it's the title track and it's the first song on the album. Yeah. So it really sets the tone. Yeah. Um, I like that it came first because I would say the rest of the album is more, uh, it's more fun. Yeah. And, but like you have that as a backdrop. Mm -hmm. Um, what I like about him is his absurd versatility. Like stupid. There were, there were songs that sounded like rancid, like a, like a grungy, like punk song. Sometimes he sounded. And then like, there were others that were just like bluesy and like Chuck Berry. And then there were others where, and then there were others where it was like, this is Marvin Gaye. Like, yeah. he, it was like all three of those and everything in between. Like, I front to back, this album, I love. I listened to this one a couple different times. Yeah. Like, as soon as I was done listening to it, I just needed to listen to it again. Yeah. Um, not surprising Quinn recommended this one, too. Yeah. Um, no surprise. He, he, I, Gary Clark is just wildly talented. Awesome. Just seems like a cool dude. Um, love the album. It's just like very of the moment. And I think dealt with the moment in a way that a lot of people haven't dealt very appropriately. Like I think a lot of artists have said to themselves, we're living in a time that's very angry and I'm having an experience that in some way interacts with that anger that's out there. And they've come up with these really cheesy garbage songs that just don't work. And this just did. And I think part of that is that it was, it it felt so personal, even without knowing the background to the of this story you felt 
you felt the isolation and the alienation in his voice, regardless of, of what you thought was driving that you felt it. I didn't know the story ahead of time, but you can yeah. tell, you can't listen to it and not realize there's something feeling it. Yeah, totally. And um, I, and I just think that so, was, that was cool. And it was a really, it was really, it was impressive because I've seen so many other artists fail in their really, I think, you know, reasonable and, and kind of well-intentioned attempts to capture what they think is happening in the world right now. Um, and his was, his was the best I've heard. Yeah. Where did you, where did you have it ranked? Number two. Number two. Uh, and by the way, I forgot to mention that the Lizzo album was suggested by mon fiancé, Caroline, our friend Sarah, and of course, our beloved, What I don't know what she is, wife-in-law, friend of, she's like a, she's, she's a combination, she serves a lot of roles, our, our buddy Dr. Tate's. Yeah, it is not a is not one of Tate's hot takes that this album is great. No, not a hot take, but a good take, nonetheless good take from tates uh so number one number one <laughs> well let me just mention yeah. um for a fun cameo from gary clark jr yes if you ever watched the movie uh chef yep. with john favreau he's playing at like one of the uh the street at the texas the at. texas barbecue pit specific i remember yeah, specifically because that's, that's my favorite part of that movie because the barbecue looks so good and i remember it's funny i remember seeing that and not knowing who gary clark was and i just saw it and was like man that dude's awesome he looks like shaggy like he, he reminded me a lot of shaggy from scooby-doo and uh i was like this guy's the, this guy's awesome and then and and then heard him and then forgot he existed and I, I will not forget again certainly not no so number one is an artist who i just i'm i'm done not taking this person seriously i can't believe we're about to have the same number one here we absolutely are because number one was a clear number one this artist I, I so I'll say it. I don't want to hype it because it's "Fine Line" by Harry Styles. <laughs> so the my favorite song, not my favorite. Let me take it back. Not my favorite song. The song that I think most captured the greatness of this album is the song "Treat People with Kindness" because it's a terrible, kitschy, crappy idea for a song. But his level of artistry and talent was able to overcome that and actually make it a really good song. Like. It's just a terrible idea for a song, but he's such an excellent artist that it was actually really enjoyable. I'm, well, not any longer, because I've listened to this album like a hundred times. I was stunned at how much I love this album, and now I'm just on board with loving it. Um, I remember when he did um, Sign of the Times for Dunkirk, I was like, ha ha, Harry Styles, ha ha ha, and then I was like, oh, this is pretty good, I, I like this song, and then... Um, I got Claire this album on vinyl for Christmas and then she pulled out her record player and we just had it on like the whole time we were hanging out over the weekend. And so I listened to it maybe like 10 times in rapid succession and holy fuck, this album is incredible. Like, and also I was expecting the way these albums tend to go is you get two, like two like mega bangers and then like one song that is like, Oh, that's a banger. Actually, you didn't realize it is. And then the rest of it is crap. This album has it has the mega bangers, but the whole there's no filler in this album. It's really there's good. There's not a bad song end. on this album. Yeah, exactly. I, there's none I would skip. Um it's and I, my favorite is uh I <laughs> it's it's low hanging fruit. Ha, ah, sorry. Um I really like watermelon, watermelon sugar, and I sing it to the tune of watermelon boogers, which is fun. I recommend. That is a good time. 
my my one B is uh, Canyon Moon. I think that's such a beautiful song. I fucking love Canyon. I Moon. love that song too. It's funny because like Watermelon Sugar should be a terrible song, but it's not. Oh yeah. Because he's an excellent artist. I also want to note, I think Claire was the one who suggested this. We think it was her Finsta because it was from an account we didn't know, but we it's only followed by Claire, so we think she has a Finsta and we think it's this is this was her. I would be stunned if Claire did not recommend this album because she's very much obsessed with young Mr. Styles. Yeah. And so, now I see why. So here's what I want to do. So I want to talk about Harry Styles. I because Caroline and I were talking about him in the car, and I have a lot of thoughts about him. So like everybody, I just assumed he was a pretty boy. Obviously, I was just so incredibly mistaken. Uh, he was legitimately excellent in Dunkirk. Now, I don't expect him to go become a movie star, but I think he will star in movies occasionally and be excellent. Now, I'm going to use this as a segue to to my question, and then I'm going to answer my question, at least how I think <laughs> it is. So my question is, which artist is he in the context of our generation? So which like bygone era artist is he for us? Now, the reason I ask that is because I think artists in their time can seem different than they are perceived later. So like the Beatles were a boy band, right? At first. And then mm -hmm. over time, they're the Beatles. And I'm not saying Harry Styles is the Beatles, but I think you hear these bands and their perception can just be different in the moment as opposed to what it is later. So I'm going to throw... I think I know where you're going with this, and I think I'm into it. So I'm going to throw my name out, who I think he is for our generation. I think he might be our David Bowie. He's... Oh! So I so I'm I think he's David Bowie, because I think he's just this incredible chameleon who can become any sort of artist he wants to be. I think he is an experimental type artist. I think he's wildly talented. I think he's incredibly sexy. Uh, like David Bowie, he looks exactly as good in a dress as he does in a suit. I, I don't think anybody on the face of the earth has looked sexier than Harry Styles did at the Met Gala last year when he was wearing that dress. I don't think anybody, like in the history of mankind, I'm not sure anybody's ever looked as good as he did. So I just, I, that's, that's my theory. My working theory is Harry Styles is our David Bowie. Refute or support. Let, let her rip. I don't think I'm ready to go there yet, but I will say that I can see the path. Like, it's not ridiculous. In fact, it's not even all that. Which is fun. Outlandish. Isn't that crazy to say? Yeah. I was going to say, uh, Paul McCartney. I feel like he has like, which, um, a little bit, obviously very different than, than Bowie, um, but but not, also not ridiculous. I think there's a branch like this. This next couple yeah. of years, we'll find out whether he wants to get crazy and experimental or become like an elder statesman of the pop rock world. The fact that we're discussing this and we're probably not going to get laughed off our own podcast is a testament to how great we feel about Harry Styles and how great this album is. Yeah, it's awesome. I just I I can't believe I just can't believe how how foolish i feel now for being so slow to get on the harry styles bandwagon but let's be clear i am on that bandwagon now yeah we're pushing our chips in i uh yeah i'm all in i'm very happy that we both had this at number one yeah that's this and to be clear for the listeners we didn't discuss this at all no like, <laughs> this is this is two uh two 26 slash seven year old dudes <laughs> 
entirely independently coming to the conclusion that Harry Styles had the best of this 21 or 22, depending who you ask, album list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kudos to you, Mr. Styles. Yeah, kudos. All right, so so tell us which of which of uh, yours were in the top ten that were not included in my top ten. Yeah, well, we basically had the same top four, yeah, which is fun. Mm-hmm. So my number five, I had. Well, 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 wait a second. I had one, two, and three of mine were one, two, and four for you. My yeah. four was when we all fall asleep, and that was seven for I, you. So what's what's your yeah. your three is father of the bride? So I need your five yeah. and six, right? Yep, yeah. my number five is I, comma, I by Bon Iver. Oh, see, I despise, that was one of my least, not despised, let me take that back, I didn't despise it. I just thought <laughs> I liked Bon Iver. I, I, because I like, like, three songs by them, and so I thought I liked them. I was wrong, I don't. Yeah, this album, I would say their music in general is a bit of an acquired taste. And I also would say that I would never... Like, when I hear a song I like, I throw it onto a playlist, like a mega playlist that's just, like, every song I like. Mm-hmm. Um, Smart move. And I would never throw an, a song from this album onto that list, because, like, if one of the songs came up on a playlist like that, like, while I'm in the car, or while I'm exercising, or doing, like, pretty much anything, I skip it. But I think that this album, and their music specific, like, in general, um, is really, really good ambient music and i like to listen to it when i need when i'm like trying to calm down or like just take it easy and i find that it's very good for that i would not judge anybody if they didn't like this album i want to be clear i would similarly not judge anybody for liking it it just totally hit me the wrong way and i think part of it was that i had misled myself into thinking that i liked bon iver and i i think i don't Uh, so this was it can be it can be a disappointing experience to think that you like Bon Iver and then realize that you don't. I I get it. I uh, or you want to be the kind of person that likes Bon Iver. Yeah, I did. I I thought I did. I I don't. <laughs> yeah, I I would I wrote down about this album. <laughs> it's less music to listen to and more music to be played over the your life. Like you can't hear. This is what Carol and I talk <laughs> about. It's like uh, it's uh, montage music. This is movie yeah, montage it, music. Like, this is the music that I want to be playing if someone is, like, watching me go about doing things. It's like the Truman Show. I can't hear it. Like, if you were on the Truman Show, this is what's playing softly in the background. Yeah, precisely. So, that's I had that at number five. Yep. Uh, Number six, I have What You See Is What You Get by Luke Combs. Okay, so... This was recommend... Oh, was that a mic? Yeah, this was Mikey Mike. That's why it wasn't on. Damn it! Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so I didn't listen to Mikey Mike's because Mikey Mike gave such a great recommendation. I didn't listen to this one. My bad. Boy, are you, boy, are you a dumbass? I am. This album, and I will, I'll I'll go ahead and say, I don't really like country music, um, for the most part at all. Like I like certain country albums because my mom really liked them, and I listened to them a lot when I was younger. But in general, it's not for me. Um, and so I was surprised when <laughs> three songs into this album, I was literally crying. <laughs> like, like a tear literally fell from my eye. So it, it starts off with a song called um, Beer Never Broke My Heart, which is fucking hilarious. That's just such that's that's like uh, if you did a Mad Libs of a country song, that's what would come out. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, it'll get you right up. It's a toe tapper. Um, I really 
I really love it. And I like that style of country song. Um, but then the next two songs, <laughs> the second is called Refrigerator Door. <laughs> and it like got me to the edge and didn't quite put me over the top of, of weeping. And then it, it follows up with the left hook of uh, Even Though I'm Leaving, which... <laughs> <laughs> to listen to those two back to back and and try not to to whimper it's um and then i will say he knew exactly what he was doing because those three songs are amazing and then the rest of the album i would like those songs combined are like a nine and then the rest of the album i would give like a five like it was pretty much what you would expect par for the course kind of country music um so I have it six because net, I would say this album falls right around there, but holy fuck. Those first three songs. Good for you, Luke. Combs. Nice work, Mikey, Mike. Yeah. Thank you. Mikey I thought Mike. he only listened to kid Cuddy. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> uh, kid Cuddy and, um, passion pit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I forgot about passion pit. You're right. Good call. And now, and now add Luke Combs to that rotation. Yep. What was the album called? What you see is what you yeah, get. Yeah, what you see is what you get. Okay. And that's another good... The title track's actually quite good. Okay. Uh, and then at number seven, I had Billie Eilish. Yep. Number eight, um, I had Mirage by The Head and the Heart. Yeah, so I had that at number 12. Um, I, That was a Tatum. That was a Tatum pick. Yeah, I think this is a, a perfect example of a song that... Or an album that on first listen might come off as overproduced, but actually in my opinion, isn't because if you've listened to head in the heart before, you'll be a little jarred by the sound. I think when you first start listening to it, but I think <laughs> here I go. It's, I think um, it's a perfect example of kind of a Coldplay ish album where they were able to explore a new sound while maintaining what makes them, them. Um, I think Coldplay is really good at that. And I think this was a really good example of it for the head in the heart. I like it's a, a unique new sound for them, but was consistent with what I like about them. And I have a lot of songs written down here. Honeybee was my favorite. Or no, Running Through Hell was my running favorite. Through Hell really was, running Through Hell is the one I wrote. But there are a couple of songs on this album that I really liked. Um, so I'd recommend that. Thank you, Tatum. Yeah. That was that was a that was a really good one. And that was one I was very pleasantly surprised with because I I wasn't. I'm always wary of music when it's recommended to me by Dylan and Caroline because. I know that they have good musical tastes, but they just have often very different musical tastes from what I have. Yes. In general, I would agree with you. Number 10. This is an album I expected to kind of breeze over and through um, because it kind of falls into a, a genre that I don't typically get up for. Um, the album is Betty by Betty Who. Yeah. Or is the album Betty Who by Betty? It's Betty by know. Betty Who. So, there are a lot. This what I like about this album is that it feels like a sample platter of like, like show me female pop from 1980 through 2020, and there's like one or two songs from each decade on this album. It's a great like, way of putting it. Like you're like, oh, I'm listening to Betty Britney Spears. Like, no, you're not. You're listening to, um, I don't know, sub in sub sub in pop stars from the last. There's like some Gaga in here. There's some like uh, J Lo. Like, there's some Katy Perry. There's it's all over the place, and I really really liked it because 
so with these kind of albums, they tend to get a little homogenous for me, yeah. and this album was not, and I appreciated that. This album is also surprisingly horny. <laughs> yes, it is a very horny album. like most of the songs are about sex in one way or another which i'll take it or leave it but uh for for better or worse this album really jumped out at me and so for for that reason betty has earned a space uh betty who has earned a a 10 number 10 spot i had that at number 16 but i but i liked it that was a good album and that one was given to us by our friend sarah yep um so all right so you had Texas Sun at eleven, uh, but obviously yeah. for for reasons we discussed, uh, I had Fever Dream by Of Monsters and Men. Yeah, at number eleven, I liked that one. That was a good album. That was a Dylan. Uh, my favorite was Wild Roses, but that was that was an album I quite liked, and that was a good recommendation from our boy Dill Pickles. I suffered on that one because I was a little too married to what I knew of Of Monsters and Men, and yeah. didn't. I, this is one that I would say I thought was a little overproduced, but yeah. That being said, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. What number did you have that one at? I had that at sixteen. Okay. All right. So then, um, you what was what uh, so the, what was your number twelve? I had Happiness Begins by the Joe Bros. Okay, that was what I had at number thirteen. That was a good album. That was that was uh, yeah. much better than I expected it to be. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I think this is kind of what I was saying earlier. Extremely top heavy. Like uh, I really liked, I really liked Sucker and Cool and Every Single Time. And then after that, it kind of blurred into kind of boy bandy poppy stuff. But I, I, I wrote down here. Uh, this is the perfect top down in the Car Summer album. Yeah, very sing alongable. Yeah, they're they're artists at the top of their game. I think that their game is you know limited like i think they are what they are but they clearly are as good at doing what they're doing as as they've ever been and i can appreciate that yeah good for them so my number 14 was romance by camilla cabello that was also my 14 wow look at us um you know i it's sort of like how i feel about her appearance i i can't tell if she's good looking or not she has possibly the (laughs) weirdest shaped head in the history of mankind and she definitely <laughs> profiles as somebody I would find very attractive, but the weird head yeah. shape really throws me off. And I felt the same way about the album. Like <laughs> at times I was super into it. At times I was like, this is weird. I don't know. It was good. It was a good album, uh, better than I expected for the most part, but ultimately found it just like a little bit disappointing. Cause I, I kind of felt glimmers of more. There were a couple times where I, I, I saw like a, a path to like Shakira style. Yeah. Yeah. And there were and then at the end of the album there's a really good song called First Man and I was like, That was here's my some, number one. That was the one I noted. There's some great depth here. Yeah, that uh, was my favorite song off the album. Yeah, I would say that song and obviously Senorita were great. Yeah. Um, and then in between I was just kind of yeah. could take her leave i also would just like to note that i think sean mendez is a total he's an atrocity i think he's a terrible musical artist and <laughs> i just think he's a total lame dash oh and i hated him being on the album i senior is a really good song but like i just wish he were a million miles away from this album he didn't ruin it for me yeah. so he just that's how good the song is. yeah he just sucks um <laughs> So number 15 was uh, Without Fear by Dermot Kennedy. So here's the thing. I make fun of Caroline all the time. (laughs) She's the world's biggest Dermot Kennedy fan. And I like sing my parody of his music. 
all of his songs sound exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, like, literally exactly the same. He has an outstanding voice. and Certainly. So I think he is such a good cover artist. Um, like, I think him... Have you ever heard it? I think he sings... Um, oh, shit. The, the Blackstreet song. Um, is it No Date? Oh, what the hell? Not No Diggity. I don't know. I, I'm forgetting, but he does. He does a cover of some sort of famous like rap song, and it's really, really good because it's not his. But his music, I just find, <laughs> I it's just, it's the same. It's funny you say that, and I think I generally agree. But I weirdly like was getting different like snippets of other artists listening to him. Like yeah. there were like one or two songs where I was like, "This is almost, almost." dropkick murphy ish yeah and obviously it's part of the accent yeah. but like that and like there were but there were also times where like absent the incredible like bluegrassy instrumental kind of backdrop he actually kind of reminded me of mumford at times well that's the thing um, is like there's so many different paths to musical stardom i think for this guy because i think he's so talented and i actually think i again i actually think he's a good songwriter like i think his songs are pretty good they just sound the same yeah, I uh, I had this at 17, so yeah. I obviously wasn't doing cartwheels listening to it. Yeah, so I, I just, I don't know. I find him a little bit, he's he's on my list of frustrating. I, I'm frustrated by him because I think there's more talent, but I think he might just be like a like a great cover artist. Like he would be an awesome Michael Buble, I sing the old jazzy standards guy. Uh, yeah, we'll see for Mr. Kennedy. Yep. Uh, so for me... Uh, Number 16 was Betty, which was your number 10. So what was your 16? You had Fever Dream. I'm sorry. You had Fever Dream at 16. Um, yeah, but we skipped over. Yeah. What did we skip? Did we skip I had, your 15? I had Stranger Songs by Ingrid Michaelson at 15. Okay, so she was my 21. Uh, I like. I actually didn't hate it, but it, it wasn't It wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought this was another one where do less Ingrid. Like, um, yeah. I don't think she needs all the stuff that's in there. So I, I agree with that take. Number 17 for me was uh, Lover by Taylor Swift, as submitted by our friends Marie, Sarah, and Dill Pickles. Our, our, our thoughts are well known on this. If you'd like to hear more about Lover, CR Lover podcast with Dill and Tate's. Yeah. Where, where I did had you that rank? at 13. Which one? 13. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's... It's not the worst Taylor Swift album out there. There are much worse albums from Taylor Swift out there, but <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, I think that's just two left now, right? Yeah. Yes. And neither of us has mentioned it yet. Uh, so I had number 19 is, I think it's Leon. I, I don't I know. I think it's Leon. I think it's Leon. I had that also at 19. By Leon. Uh, <laughs> As suggested by our friend Sarah, um, yeah, it was fine. I don't know. It was fine. That's enough said. I, same take. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I have basically the exact same take from Minka or Minky, the tea room. You could, you could put, you could put her songs like interlace this album and don't tell me the order. Yeah. And yes. I, and, and if I just started the, I probably wouldn't have noticed anything. Yeah. I would have just assumed it was a long album. Yeah. Because the team room is really short um oh i said the team room <laughs> i meant the team room yeah so yeah i 
I don't have really strong feelings about either of those albums. Yeah. I had the team room at, at 22. Yeah. And I don't feel bad for Sarah because she had so many other ones on the list. So yeah, she did, Sarah, she, you, you had three in my top 10. Yeah. She represented, but yeah, she had yeah. a couple at the back that were kind of meh. <laughs> Do you want to mention any albums that you liked, Michael, that we didn't talk about from 2020? You know, I did I didn't actually collate this list. And so I'm going to, I'm going to pull, uh, my rookie move here and just say one that I want to stump for. And it's going to surprise absolutely nobody who knows me. Uh, Western stars by Bruce Springsteen. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite albums of the year. It's um, it's interesting because it's called Western stars, but it's not really a Western country album. It's, it's a little bit more um, of like a California sort of pop album. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit Beach Boys, a little bit country. It's just, it's just very like California. It was my favorite album by him since The Rising in 2002. So I thought extremely highly of that because, like, let's be clear, I love every album he does. This was my favorite from him in almost 20 years. It's some of his it's some of the best writing he's done in a long time. There's a song on this album called The Moonlight Motel, which is one of the saddest sort of heartbreak love songs I've ever heard. Um, and there's some great pop songs on here. There's a song called Hitchhiking, which is great. Like I, I, I would say if you're if you're any sort of fan of of um, sort of classic like 60s pop music, you should listen to Hitchhiking Western Stars and uh moonlight motel really excellent so that's that's the one i would i would stump for okay what about you uh, i'm gonna list a couple here because i really like all of these albums um i let's rock by the black keys i'm gonna be listening to until i die yeah actually I, I, that was one that i i think i started writing this list for myself like months ago and then i, don't, I just kind of forgot to do my portion of it but yes let's rock was one of my favorite albums of the year as well Every song on that album is fun to sing along to. And just I, it, this album has been criticized because it, there's no risks at all. Like it's just grooving kind of rolling rock. Um, and it's the black keys. So like, if you don't like the black keys, you're not going to like this album, but it's like, <laughs> it's a very mainstream kind of version of the black keys yeah which is why i think people don't like it well, like guess what but it's for me excellent album <laughs> it's right in my fucking wheelhouse yeah. and we've decided that someday when we elope together we're gonna um do it to walk across the water damn right that's gonna be our wedding song baby so that might have been my favorite album of the year uh this is kind of a cheap album weezer released two albums this year the black album which is an actual album which was fine yeah um and the teal album which is a cover album of mostly 80 songs Ooh, and it's fucking amazing they cover um an elo song they do no scrubs they do oh, billy jean damn take on me um everybody wants to rule the world it's a really good album everybody um, wants to rule the world it's nothing shocking because it's a cover album but they pick songs that are right in their wheelhouse yeah. and some of those might surprise you so like the teal album oh um, can i pick can oh, i stump for one that i forgot about um yes ventura by anderson pack that was fantastic oh yes that's a great album cam and i saw um anderson pack right before we saw the foo fighters in vegas damn 
He was really good. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, the posthumously released Tim, Avicii. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's for you, Jameson. Sorry, buddy. That's for you, J Bone. Um, try to listen to Heaven and not get a little misty eyed. <sighs> try to listen to anything by Avicii. Uh, God, I don't. I we don't have to go too far off the track here, but just I was thinking today about the seniors uh, at Notre Dame, and I just feel so sad for them that they're missing out on what was one of the most just joyous months of my life was like the last month of senior year. I feel so bad for those kids. That's really devastating. Um, and Avicii was a huge part of it for us. Dear Boy in particular. I yes. I literally don't listen to Dear Boy anymore because it makes me so nostalgic and sad. That's the beauty of music because yeah. it does make me sad, but it is incredible that it can make us feel that way. The last album I will throw on here, even though it's, Certainly not my favorite of their albums. Coldplay did release an album this year. Um, I would say it's very interesting. It's a very interesting album from them because it's like strangely political and they don't really do that or they haven't in the past. Um, but there's songs in here about like American politics and gun control. Um, and like they're, they really experiment with some weird songs and sometimes it works and sometimes it does not. But it's certainly very interesting. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend listening to it once, at least. And that's that, Mike. Um, well, my friend, that was uh, that was some stellar work. Should we um, should we just recap uh, my list and just or not even recap at all? Let's not even recap. Yeah, let's just say like, um, there was. We talked. We talked through them all. You you heard it. Great music. There's there's personal taste to be had in all of these situations but thank you to our our friends and listeners for terrific suggestions yeah thank you everybody this was um i would say uncategorically a huge success because i have a lot of music that i'm going to continue to listen to and i'm very much excited for the 2020 version of this list already word to your mother uh so yeah should we finish up with some stuff yeah, well, usually I thank Kevin McLeod at this point. Kevin McLeod, as you know, put together our Not Top 3 and intro music. You heard the stankiness, uh, so you know he's great. So thank you, Kevin. And I usually after I thank Kevin, I will thank my sister Erin for our artwork, which is equally as stanky in a good way. Um, and if you're impressed with our artwork and you want to see more of Erin's stuff, you could very easily do that uh, on Instagram. All you have to do is look for Sant Design. Damn straight. And if you're looking for more great Instagram content, check out our Top 10 KM Instagram page. That's Top 10 with the 10 spelled out T-E-N. Keep an eye out for that. Kyle and I are still in the lab, but we will be uh, assigning you all some homework. Um, let's keep an eye on that. If you have some thoughts that you want to send our way, you want to tell us how we failed you, shoot us an email, top10km at gmail.com with a 10 also spelled out. And don't forget that our good friend Caroline Labranti is in charge of our uh, social media efforts and her stuff can be found at cml.photos. It's a great account, excellent account. In fact, I follow it myself. I would never endorse something that I don't follow myself and I do follow that account. Um, Wow. Yeah, it's, it's hard hitting stuff. And while I assume you're listening to us on some sort of podcast app, you can always check us out on another one. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcast app, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. So, Kyle, my boy, that is what I would have to say. 
I think that's pretty much all there is to say, Michael. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for talking about that music with me. Damn right. Thank you, my friend. I will uh, okay. look forward to doing this again sometime soon. I'll see you next week then. All right. Peace. Peace.